it, it, it there is a trick to it as far as you know um not not going too too hard some days and, and making sure you back off at the right time but i think our guys are doing great right now health wise and 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 uh just mentally they're they're fired up for this uh this big match tonight Coach, you got uh, obviously the the matchup with Iowa. You just come off the game, uh, the match with Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, Purdue coming up as well. They're all ranked. Michigan State's close too. the The stretch here, it's not necessarily unusual for the Big Ten, um, but how much do you feel this prepares your guys for um, NCAA's? Uh, prepares them for for big matches. Uh, you've got four returning All-Americans from, from last season. Uh, how much does the Big Ten challenge you as a staff and as a team? A great question. It, it really does. The Big Ten is uh, is uh, the premier wrestling um, conference in the country, and it just challenges you every week. You know, if you want to be the best, you gotta got to wrestle the best. you got to beat the best. And mentally it is where the challenge is. Guys – you know, they got to hold up mentally. They got to stay with the game. You know, we had, we had a couple guys just weren't ready to go last, last weekend. And, and it, it, just one mistake can, can make the difference in a dual meet. So I think, uh, you know, this is just another opportunity for us to really prove where we're at and for our confidence and, and, um, and for our program. So it, this is a great opportunity for us, but, but you just have to, they got to stay with it. You know, this sport is uh, unforgiving in regards to, you know, there's no one to blame. It's just you and another competitor. And that's the great nature. And that's why young men get into wrestling and say, Hey, I want this. I want this opportunity to be the best and I want to prove myself. And so there's plenty of opportunities as you, as you uh, (laughs) rattle off there in the big 10, but, uh, and nationally too. So it's great. And, um, we're looking forward to this stretch here. Coach, looking to tonight against the Hawkeyes, going on the road, it's just like in any other sport, going on the road in this conference, extremely difficult. There's the potential for four top ten matchups, uh, I believe, of the regular starters for Iowa. Five of them are ranked in the top two. Are there a couple matches tonight, a couple uh, different wrestlers that you have circled and say, we've got to go get that one? Yeah, I, I uh, definitely these these dual meets come down to matchups really, and um, um, so you know I think at at 174 is a big matchup with Mikey Labarola and Mike Mikey Kimmer, uh, both both guys are PA guys and uh, they they've wrestled in high school a little bit when they were younger, but it's been a few years since they've they've clashed and Kimmer has come up a weight class, so. That weight class is big. I think at 165, Isaiah White and uh, Alex Marinelli is, you know, is a big featured match. Um, and and Isaiah is really, really looking good this week. Really, he's got a good, good mindset and just a good plan to compete with them. And um, then, I, then I think at uh, really at 197 is a big match for us. Um, Eric Schultz and and uh, this Warner. Jacob Warner wrestled really tight matches last year. We we lost a tight one in the duel, and and then at Big Tens in overtime. So I think those the, the that matchup's big, and I I think 157 is is uh, probably the other one. And four of them that are are critical to the duel meet. I Peyton Lobb is is 
Uh, myself and our coaching staff have such high praise for this guy. He's a redshirt freshman. He he's he's uh, he's going to be unbelievable for us. And um, he is not not afraid to uh, wrestle Caleb Young, who's a couple time All American. And I think uh, the fans are going to be in for a <laughs> a great uh, a great uh, a great match there. And uh, just really looking forward to that that match. Speaking of fans, wrapping things up here with uh, Coach Mark Manning ahead of their uh, trip to Iowa to take on the top team in uh, the country. Coach, you said last week that some guys maybe weren't all there mentally. How do you make sure guys are all there, completely locked in, going into one of the toughest venues in the country? Yeah, you know, it's just it's just preparation. It's preparation. When you, when you have 18 to 23-year-old guys and they have to make weight. They're traveling on the road. Um, the making weight problem thing is, uh, is is tough. Being disciplined with your weight, and it, you know it uh, it's it's a uh, it's a tough dynamic to our sport. You know, it's like saying, "Hey, you're running back. You have to be 200 pounds every game of the year. Not not once, not not twice. You have to do it all the time." And and uh, we we just had a, a situation where we didn't we didn't get getting didn't get ready the guy probably overlooked his opponent instead of winning we get pinned well it makes a big difference in your team score at the end but that's some some of the times uh that's some of the lessons you just got to live live with as a as a team but um but we're done doing that right now so our guys are pretty locked in and our guys are ready to go you can tell by how they prep prep this week and you know this is probably i don't know if any other sport has the, the type of crowd that we're going to face tonight, and and I think our guys are really looking forward to it because it's uh, <laughs> in wrestling, fifteen thousand fans in Carver Hawkeye, um, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a great experience for our guys. Well, I know as soon as the basketball game's done, where I will be tonight, uh, Huskers hosting Indiana. I'm rushing home to watch this match yeah. on uh, on BTN tonight, <laughs> Coach. Best of luck tonight. Can't wait to uh, see how it all falls out. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us on. I appreciate it. All right, that is Husker wrestling coach Mark Manning. Again, they're seventh ranked in the country after falling last week. We're number two. Uh, but, Cole, like you said, I think they're locked in for this one. This is one of those matches that you don't get the choice on whether or not you're all mentally there. Yeah, and, and to to have the Wisconsin match go the way it did, it was their first real big-time big, big time challenge on the road away from Nebraska and this is another one, so you've got that one behind you. You kind of know how that went and what went wrong and what, what went well, and you can apply that and, and take it into the number one team in the nation's house. Look, Mark Manning's done this for a long time, 23 years experience, 20 of them at Nebraska, and he's got All-Americans on this squad. He's got guys who've got experience, um, but, I mean, Iowa's a different animal. Uh, they they are the the tone setter in not just Big Ten, vol- not just Big Ten wrestling, but national wrestling. Um, as number one, and you turn right around, you got number two Penn State next week. It's uh, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how they do um, out there in uh, in Iowa City tonight. And something that wasn't even wasn't even thought of at the beginning of Manning's tenure with Nebraska, yeah, Big Ten Network, yeah. That that that's that's one of the cool things um, that we do get to see televised is some of these other sports, not just football, basketball, volleyball, but we get a like I like I told him. I'm going to rush back, and depending on how late this game is going, I might just be streaming it there at PBA tonight. Yeah, yeah, might have to do that. Hopefully they have uh, 
um, some good internet. Hopefully the internet's working. Yeah, you know. You know, yeah. We don't know that. anything about that here either. <laughs> hey, we, we make it work here for you at, uh, at Broadcast House on, uh, on KLIN and all of our other stations. All right. Um, good stuff from Mark Manning. Uh, I'm excited about uh, talking with some other Olympic sports head coaches throughout the, uh, throughout the, the season here. Um, when we come back, though, we have got some stuff to discuss there's a lot going on. Coaching in, changes, coaching moves, coaching extensions. You got players who are leaving early. You got uh, basketball to touch on. Um, another big matchup this weekend for them to, to try to get the bad taste out of their mouth after a couple of tough ones. Women um, trying to stay undefeated at home in the conference. <sighs> a lot going on. Um, we're going to hit on the uh, the football comings and goings when we come back. Um Who's in, who's out, who's staying for longer, all of that stuff coming up here. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. Our thanks to Husker wrestling coach Mark Manning. Just joined us in the last segment. If you missed that, of course, uh, we will have that up on the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at KLIN Huskers. Of course, you can follow Caleb and I on Twitter as well. I'm at Stukenholtz. Caleb is at I is at I Caleb Henry Caleb with a K, um, and uh, also on Twitter and social media and just everywhere you can look with with uh, Nebraska football discussion. Uh, there's a lot of chatter in uh, in this this week, kind of leading up to some decisions that came down yesterday, Caleb. And uh, there was there were some extensions given last week by Nebraska that were uh, not not curious necessarily, but. Um, I had I had, I had talked to a buddy of mine who's pretty big into message boards, and he was kind of speculating. Or message boards were uh, running amok last week. Yeah, they were hearing speculation of of some more changes, not just with you know the Javon Dewitt departure and then replacing him with Mike Dawson. The Mike Dawson news was um, not a very well kept secret. He's back officially now, uh, but he's the outside linebackers coach after spending a year with the New York Giants. He was the D line coach. In Frost's first season, Tony Tuioti replaced him last year. Uh, and so the defense is set. But then in that same release announcing Dawson, Caleb, we saw extensions announced for uh, extensions and raises, I think, for Greg Austin and Ryan Held, along with Travis Fisher on Travis the defense. Travis Fisher, yeah. Uh, but Austin and, and Held, they're on offense. Uh, Troy Walters is on offense. He's the offensive coordinator. Um, no such announcement or anything in, uh, regarding extension or uh, raise or or anything like that for him. Uh, and then sure enough, yesterday, about well, 3 o'clock. And to throw a little bit more of a wrench into it is the, oh, now there's a run game coordinator. That's right. What, yeah. How much does that then Announce affect that the offensive coordinator who's here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was a run game coordinator title attached to Ryan Held in that same news drop. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was that was curious as well. Wasn't it to Greg Austin? Or, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg Austin. Greg Austin. Yes, 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 yes. Greg Austin. So Greg Austin, offensive line offensive coach. Line, he's offensive line coach. Add, added title, run game coordinator. Which I have to say, I like that because if there's someone who knows what the run game fits are, mm-hmm. it's going to be the person coaching the blocking immediately at front. Absolutely, I like that move. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, and and so that was curious. And then you you fast forward to yesterday around three o'clock. And then you have a Nebraska football statement. Nebraska football program announced that offensive coordinator receivers coach Troy Walters and the Huskers have mutually agreed to part ways. Walters has been on the staff for the past two seasons. He was with Frost down at UCF, 2017 Broyles Award finalist for best, best assistant coach. Um, so he's gone. 
And then uh, less than three hours later, another drop, and Matt Lubick is now uh, joining the Nebraska staff as the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach, uh, pending a background check. And Matt Lubick is a guy who spent some time with Scott Frost. Um, they were together at Oregon. Uh, Lubick actually succeeded Frost as the offensive coordinator after Frost left for UCF in 2016. Um, he's been at Duke, Arizona State, Ole Miss, Colorado State, Oregon State, San Jose State, Cal State Northridge. His dad, Sonny Lubick, was the head coach at Colorado State for a, a while. Um, and he spent 2017 and 18 with Washington with Chris Peterson uh, as the co-OC and wide receivers coach there. Uh, was out of coaching this last season, and now he is back with Nebraska. Uh, I, there's there's just a lot to digest with just what happened yesterday. <laughs> Caleb, what do you make of all of it? Um, so initial thoughts, and I'm going to start with maybe a little bit more of the pessimistic thoughts that initially jumped into my head, and it was clearly the only options for coaches at Nebraska are either former Huskers or they've worked with Coach Frost before, which is fine. That that's your that's your network. But sometimes you might think, well, who is someone we can go out and get? And I and I think we saw that with Tuioti. Mm-hmm. Tuioti didn't really have um, a whole lot of connections to this staff, yeah. um, at least not that I can remember remember off the top of my head. I like seeing some of those where you go outside of your own network to get some guys. That said. Lubick knows what he's doing with with the with the passing game, running an offense. He's he's worked at what was it fit a number of different power five. He's worked pretty much every power five conference, just about um, pr- primarily on the West Coast. But as you go through there, that's six, a, six different power five. Yeah, schools. six different power fives. That's a guy with experience that you can bring in immediately to to help run an offense. And with Scott Frost there, they've worked together running an offense. I like the move. Um, and he's worked with wide receivers. If there was a spot, a position that um, not only did you – and there was only the couple that you had to fill, outside linebackers and then wide receiver, uh, offensive coordinator, you had to get this one right. Think about the signing class that came in with all of those four-star wide receivers. Think about the Juco Omar Manning coming in, uh, in-state Xavier Betts, all of the other wide receivers that are here. You have to get that position right because that's a position that has to be outstanding – for Nebraska to be successful going forward in the Big Ten. The Big Ten has the best receivers in the country. That's weird to think when you think of the tradition of what what are the passing leagues. You think Pac-12, you think Big 12. Maybe even a little bit ACC. You Definitely the first to jump to mind isn't the Big Ten. The Big Ten, with this last signing class, tells you where the league is going, some of the best wide receivers in the country. Maryland grabbed a five-star receiver. Yeah. That that's just insane to think about what this league is doing in terms of guys on the edge. Um, so I think you know I, I like Lubit coming. What, what were your first thoughts when, when you saw this? Because it all happened in a three exactly three hour stretch yesterday, yeah. where Fisher, who by the way put up a and I've retweeted it, um, Fisher put up a great farewell to Husker Nation. Yep. Uh, typed it out in notes, put the screenshot up. I thought it was, it was very heartfelt, very well done. Um, we also have it in the story at klin.com. Um, but it happened, we got the official news at 3 of of Walt, Walters, not Fisher, excuse me, of Walters being out and then Lubick being in all in exactly three hours. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I, I kind of had a, chan- a chance to get um, a little bit ahead of it knowing that there was speculation going around about 
maybe there's another change offensively and that Troy Walters might be one of those guys. Um, so that one didn't quite come as the shock, but um, the fact that Nebraska had all this coordinated and ready to go, I mean, that's that's the part where you're like, okay, they knew what they were doing. They 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 decided to make this change. And, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing out there about where Walters may land, and that may be why um, they had time to get the Lubick stuff done on the back end as they're still trying to find a soft landing spot for one of Frost's guys. You know, that's, that's probably what's going on still. Um, but the fact that you get a guy who is pretty well-respected in the business, he's coached in three different Power Five conferences, including the SEC, uh, who, by the way, his head coach while he was at Ole Miss for two seasons, current national champion at Orgeron. Yeah, yeah. Not not the success that he's had at LSU. He went three and eight and four and eight in those two seasons. Speaking and was fired of L- the next year. Speaking of LSU, there were plenty of rumors yesterday about Mickey Joseph, weren't there? Uh, well, it depends on who you talk to, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some stuff flying around, but then Sipple came out and said, "Oh, there's three there's three sources I have that said they never made an offer." Whatever. He, maybe, maybe not. At any rate, whether yeah, there was or wasn't, this is what the staff is now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so Lubick has um, some 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 experience that you can draw from and and while there is some consternation i guess with frost only you know most for the most part dealing with guys he knows there is something to be said from familiarity um that that hasn't manifested itself on the field clearly yet for nebraska but you would hope that that ends up being a positive for this staff and that everybody's familiar with frost frost familiar with everybody everybody's familiar with each other and you get a little bit of continuity it's for a Power Five school, um, especially for Nebraska, even in recent years, there's there's been pretty good settled uh, guys in this staff. You only had one change made last year. There's only been two so far this year, um, and maybe there's more. I'm not sure. Um, but I wanted to dig in a little bit about more uh, more with what uh, more with what Lubick had to work with at Ole Miss. So one of the guys that that jumped out to me. Um, right off the bat, when uh, when you look at what Lubick is doing with the guys that he had, uh, the leading receiver in twenty in two thousand six was a guy named Mike Wallace. Uh, he was a draftee of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was part of their Super Bowl run, um, one of those years that Ben Roethlisberger won the title. Um, there's a couple other guys um, there: Kendrick Lewis and Greg Hardy. Those guys made the league as well. Uh, Dexter McCluster and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Uh, they were also a little bit involved in the pass game, but they were running backs on that uh, Ole Miss squad in 2006. Um, so he's got experience at the the you know the SEC won the national championship that year. Florida with Tim Tebow as a freshman, Chris Leak as a senior. Um, that was their title year, uh, and that was his last year there at Ole Miss in 2006. Um, he's he's got offensive coordinator experience. He's got. Um, uh, wide receivers experience, which are the two roles that he's filling with this staff. Um, so it's and I believe when he was at Arizona State, didn't he pretty much bring in that recruiting class by himself? Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing. Yeah, he brought in a recruiting class at Arizona State where he was almost the it was pretty the much him. of the guy. And I don't know that Troy. I mean, this uh, fair or unfair to Troy Walters, just looking at the way the recruiting services kind of label who guys were brought in by or who their lead recruiters were. Even if you look specifically at wide receiver, there's not a lot of those guys that have Troy Walters listed. A lot of them are Ryan Held. Some of them are Travis Fisher. Yeah. Depending on where you're at in the country, that somewhat determines it, too, because Nebraska is kind of a geographically or regionally based 
staff in terms of recruiting. I, I like I like that description. It's more regional and, and geographic than it is position based on where the recruits are. You're using your ties to, to certain areas Specifically of the country. Specifically Florida. And so Troy Walters, while he has the experience as a Blitnikoff winner, as a guy who played in the pros with guys like Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, I don't know that he was the ace recruiter that some of the other guys on the staff are, and the way Nebraska has to do extra work in recruiting, you have to work harder to get guys here because the unofficial visits just aren't there like they are in the SEC and places where you've got talent right in your backyard like Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten. This is another guy who can count on as a above average to excellent recruiter as opposed to Troy Walters who maybe came off a little bit more as average. Uh, so that helps in, in, in a few other ways as well. Um, look, we're not going to know how this works out until the 2020 season's on the field and developing before our eyes. Um, but for all you can see here, Scott Frost isn't just sitting on his hands. He's going out and making something happen. And I think, to a certain extent, the fan base, uh, some, of the, some of the folks who watch this team and complain about it a lot, this is something that you can point to and say, hey, they're trying to make things different. They're trying to fix what was broken yeah. in 2019, and I think that's a good thing. I, I 100% agree with, with all of that across the board there. That's, you, you look at what Lubbock has done, and you look at what this Frost, ha- or what this Frost staff had coming back. You knew going into the offseason, hey, something had to change. Uh, something definitely had to change. Uh, Javon DeWitt takes another job. And then you go, okay, we definitely have to fill that position. Um, and then you start to hear all of the rumblings about Walters, and you go, okay, well, who's going to come in to fit that? A whole bunch of rumors, and now Lubbock is here. That's the staff. The one thing that's not filled right now it, that was left is special teams coordinator. Likely, though, that's going to – they can have – because they're, they're on the maximum number of coaches. Yes. Um, so, But you can have an analyst that doesn't travel with the team. That That's likely going to be who – Mostly looks at uh, special teams, but it's going to be a group effort, though. That that's what I'm thinking. Is that what you're thinking as well? I that's I mean, if you didn't hire this last staff member, um, you, you had a little bit of flexibility, right? When when Jovan Dewitt left, he was the special teams coach, quote unquote, along with outside linebackers. Um, you know, there was some thought that maybe you could give the outside linebackers to Barrett Rude and he could coach all the backers, or you give the outside linebackers to the D line and Tuioti can coach all of the guys who are up on the line, so to speak, or you can split their time between those two, and then you can hire a full-time special teams coach. It's not the way that I thought that it, it would go, and that's not the way it ended up turning out because I think Frost prefers to have the positions that are on the field a little bit more, uh, have those coaches uh, as the full-time staff members who can travel and recruit and all that stuff. Um, they've got 10. But that being said, I was kind of holding out hope that they might prioritize special teams a little bit more. Um, not that they're not prioritizing special teams, but there are other Power 5 schools that have a special teams coach, and that's what they do. That's their job on the staff. Uh, that 10th assistant gave you more flexibility to do that. Um, there's also coaches out there, some head coaches out there who handle special teams, um, and, and Frost isn't doing that. He's more on the offensive side. So I don't, I don't know that it makes a huge difference. I just want to see results. Like, like I think most people who follow this program, you want to see the special teams improve next year. And I think that'll be easy, just having a healthy special teams group. Yeah, I, I mean, think the, that, ki- the, kicker, the kicker thing is definitely an oft-discussed 
uh, oddity of, of what happened last season. And so that's, that's definitely something to look at. But even without that, um, the, the return game the, just hasn't been there either of these last two yep. seasons. You've had, you've had a couple of flashes, uh, but, but it's not been the norm. It's the not kick returns sound. giving up guys, not staying in their lanes being the, the big thing there, whether or yeah. not you kick to some of those guys, you have to have everyone stay committed enough to what their job is on the kickoff game, on the punt return, or on the the punt game, that they're not going to give up those returns, and that's just not what it's been for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're right about that. And and hey, the guy from uh, Wisconsin who brought it back on Nebraska, Aaron Crookshank, he's in the transfer portal. Why don't you go get that guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the special teams is what it is. You're not necessarily going to have. Um, overnight turnaround but I think if you can incrementally improve or gosh at the very least just stop guys from bringing it back all the way on you next season um that'll be a plot that'll be a positive and that's something else that you can take um one more uh name to throw out there for you in terms of guys that uh, Matt Lubick has coached in his past 10 years wide receivers coach um in his time at Duke from 2010 to 2012 um he had a guy named Jamison Crowder um he was the leading receiver um on the team in uh, 2012 um, and uh, he's playing with Washington Redskins now. So he's got he's got success getting guys coached up and into the league. Um, he had a three or four of them over at Ole Miss. He's got Crowder at Duke. Um, and those are those are conferences that have won the most of the national championships here these last few years uh, with Clemson and LSU and Alabama and so on. So he's not just a Pac-12 guy. He's not just a Frost guy. He's got other stuff that he's done that's mm-hmm. going to be able to contribute to this staff. And that, that, like I said, this was one that we had you had to get right. Not just we talked about the recruits, but look at the guys who are still here: J.D. Spielman, Cade Warner. Oh, this one guy named Wandale Robinson. Oh yeah, you, him. You, you you look at this wide receiver group. All of the guys that are out there, you had to get this right. I think Nebraska has one of the deepest deepest wide receiver cores they've had in a few years um, across the board for the unit. Needed a guy here who has that experience coaching guys up, um, and I'm excited to see. We're now 91 days away from the spring game. I'm excited to see what little bit of flashes we can see there from having just kind of three months out to to instill a little bit of stuff there. But especially once we get to the season, see what kind of changes, um, especially blocking on the edge. That's one of the biggest things I think the unit has to get better at yes. in 2020. Yes, yes, absolutely right. All right, so that is, uh, that's a lot on the staff there. We might get into that a little bit more. We'll see. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we're going to start digging into some Nebraska ball. Uh, we're going to have Chris Baznett a couple of segments from now, but uh, Nebraska got that big win over Iowa. And then. And volleyball's made poof. some changes. Yeah, volleyball coaching changes too. Yeah, we got to get to that. What? There's, there's more Olympic experience on the staff? Yeah. Maybe uh, the show Succession. From HBO comes into play there. John Cook shot that down, but I don't know that that's uh, out of the realm of possibility. Coach speak. Yeah. Lot to get to yet. Stay with us. That's Caleb. I'm Cole. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Cole Stukenholtz and Caleb Henry here with you on a Saturday morning. Roads weren't too bad out there, but still take it easy. It's uh, it's winter finally. They 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 the the weather is back. We had we we got off easy for a while there, but now we're now we're back in it. Yeah, it's it's still slick, and I haven't opened up five one one to see what the interstates have looked like. But that's you you had a number of cancellations for things yesterday. No schools, no activities across LPS. 
Um, but you get into today, that sun's out. It looks a little better. Still slick. because it Snowed because more of, yesterday. Yeah, snowed more. Night, yeah. Um, you had that that rain and everything that kind of came down. It gave us a layer of ice. Um, o Street out in front of Broadcast House looks pretty good. Um, felt pretty good as I was driving on it, but some of the, the side roads, may, maybe yeah. still use some caution. Absolutely. Um, well, no caution taken by Nebraska Volleyball. They're they're jumping right in, going big with their last hire. Let's get to this before we dig into Nebraska ball. Uh, Tyler Hildebrand is uh, is the new uh, is the new assistant. Um, what what is his official title? Co associate, yeah, head, associate coach. head coach. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not insignificant. Uh, is this the first time John Cooks had a co head associate fir- head coach? Yep. So John Cooks now been here twenty years, been since two thousand. Um, Never had an associate head coach. And as we talked with Cook at the press conference on Monday, first of all, we had to ask him, "Was is this a, a naming a successor? And he said, no, that's not my job title. That's what the AD does, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, coach. Come on, you you got some on. sway on that deal, on, dude. I, I, let, let, let's be honest. We think he's <laughs> going to have a little bit of a choice in who he, he gets to succeed him in this program. Whether it is coming in, the new associate head coach, Tyler Hildebrand, or someone like Caleb Banworth, who just got a new head coaching job. I don't know, maybe Danny Busboom, who's kind of doing okay. Endearing uh, herself to Husker fans by knocking Texas out of the NCAA uh, yeah, tournament. You know, that's always good to have no on the resume. Deal. But the coaching tree that Cook has out there is one that's going to give him and give this university and Bill Moose, who I'm expecting to still be here for a few years, uh, the choice of who's going to take over this storied Nebraska volleyball program. Now looking at Tyler Hildebrand himself, he was here in 2017 as an assistant coach. You know, 2017, Nebraska volleyball won a national title. Um, coach, Is that good? It's, sometimes that's good. And sometimes people tell me, oh, Nebraska's a volleyball school. Not an insult. Not an insult. I like it because they win national championships, go to Final Fours, um, win a lot in October and November. But looking at Hildebrand when he was here in 2017, his only year – Coach Cook said that that was one probably the most fun he's had coaching a team because of who his staff was and how much Hildebrand challenged him every single day on what he thought they should do. Um, and, and Cook even said, sometimes we went with what Tyler wanted. Sometimes I said, I'm the head coach. I want to do this. But he, But the main part of it was Hildebrand, even then, was not afraid to come in and challenge him. Yeah. Now, um, Hillebrand wanted to work with Team USA. He actually wrote a proposal to Team USA, and they created a position for him. Um, so right now he's the director of coaching for USA Volleyball Beach National Team Program, and he's going to be working with them through the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, which means Husker Volleyball doesn't get that coach through a big recruiting season. So one of the things that changes is Jalen Reyes takes over as recruiting coordinator. So that's an increase in responsibilities for one of those guys. He's he's the one that you see standing up on the sidelines, mm-hmm. running a lot of the stuff um, for Coach Cook over there. You also see former player, All-American, and grad assistant Kelly Hunter. She is going to be an interim assistant up until Hildebrand gets to campus. So she gets paid full-time, and she gets to work with beach volleyball. She gets to work with recruiting. And then as soon as Hildebrand's here, she's going to become a volunteer assistant coach the big part of that, though, and yeah, you go, oh, darn, well, they're full up on assistance. You can't pay Kelly. She gets one of the best kind of internships in the country for someone who might go on to coach volleyball. She gets to work with Cook, 
Hildebrand, Reyes, everyone else across this entire staff, and she gets to be right there working with this Nebraska volleyball team, which we saw some more people enter the transfer portal. Megan Miller um, gone, Anesh Gazabo. Um, we'd already seen Capri Davis going down to Texas. Um, I'm missing one other in there. But, and Coach Cook said one of his favorite things about all of these changes is he gets to mentor Kelly Hunter throughout this volleyball season. Yep. Final four is in Omaha. Team got together on uh, Wednesday for the first time. Yeah, it's the beach volleyball season. It's great cross-training season, but all of their eyes are on Omaha. They've got a little bit of opening. Uh, Coach Cook said they're looking at transfer portal. They're looking to see what 2020 kids they can still bring in, um, just trying to maximize what talent they have available for this run. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. You, you Like you said, Omaha has the Final Four. Um, everything is set up for the Huskers uh, to go on a run and, and get another national championship. Uh, this coming season in 2020. All right, uh, let's switch gears real quick. Hit a, hit a little bit of Nebraska ball before we bring Chris Bassett in next segment. Um, the Huskers get that win over Iowa and then go out to Evanston, lay an egg against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern blitzes them early. They, the Huskers made a comeback and, yeah, and they made save, close save the for end. a maybe terrible missed call. Uh, as we've analyzed it like the Zapruder film, did yep. he touch his elbow or not? He um, did. Nebraska goes down, and uh, they, they lose that one to Northwestern. Uh, they go to Ohio State right after that. That was on Tuesday, and they lose that one 80-68. Um, and now Indiana is in town. That's a 6 p.m. tip tonight, 5 o'clock pregame right here on KLIN. Um, and, Caleb, this is a team that Nebraska took to the wire, got them into overtime in, in Bloomington. Bloomington. Um, and now they bring the uh, the candy striped pants to Pinnacle Bank Arena. <laughs> what are you expecting to see from the Huskers tonight? Well, first of all, besides on the court, I'm expecting to see a packed PBA. The students are back. Yeah. We haven't seen that. The last couple home games have been while the students were still on break. I'm expecting to see a full Pinnacle Bank Arena and loud from the start. Last time we saw that was the Purdue game, probably. And yeah. that was a win. And that, that was a win. So seeing a loud... Uh, arena PBA is a true home court advantage. You see that across the Big Ten. Home, home teams are winning like crazy. Yeah. But Nebraska has to come out and hit shots early and not give up a giant run. Um, we saw Nebraska get out. What was it? Uh, like ten to four or something like that on, on Ohio State. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And then Ohio State just dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, made a gazillion threes. That's an official stat, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And dominated from, from start to finish the rest of the way there. Have to get out to a good start and then not give up a giant run and stop hitting shots. The one thing I want to see from Nebraska offensively is not not getting stagnant. I've seen a number of times where if a couple shots don't go, they start just standing around, and then Cam Mack is almost forced to take some bad and wild shots and force some things. He'll either turn it over, throw a shot over the backboard like he did against Ohio State, or just pull up from Never Never Land and brick it off the side of the rim. I don't like seeing that. When the offense moves freely, things go extremely well, but sometimes this team lets their offense be dictated or lets their defense be dictated by how well they're doing on offense. So if you're stagnant on offense, giving up some shots on defense, that lets the other team really fly around and get things going. Yeah, Purdue, or not Purdue, Indiana, um, their last few games have been uh, just a, a, a pretty good case study in uh, home court advantage and uh, road disadvantage. They just played at Rutgers, lost. Uh, they hosted Ohio State, who was 11th at the time, and won. Uh, they hosted Northwestern and won. They played at number 15 Maryland and lost. 
Um, so they, yeah, this is you know back and forth. You're, you're, you, they played at Wisconsin and then it hosted Nebraska. That was a loss and a win, respectively, in December. So they have not won on the road. They have not lost at home. This one's on the road today, folks. So um, we shall see how that goes. Uh, Chris Basnett from the Lincoln Journal Star covers this team every single day. He's going to join us here on the KLI and Husker Hour next. So Sports director Caleb Henry. I'm your host, Cole Stukenholtz. What about what's my official title here? Contributor? Did, yeah, I think we. I called Just you like contributor. Man. Call, I called you contributor in an article. That's that's fair. Yeah. Just because you had said contributor, I thought you know what that sounds good. Yeah, let's go contributor with that. Cole. I like that. Another contributor to the show here once in a while is uh, Lincoln Journal Stars Chris Basnett. You can catch him on Twitter at Husker Extra CB. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? Well, contributor to something, so that, that's really good. Hey, uh, we, we appreciate the contributions, as always. Um, and uh, I want to start with this. Um, contributions to Nebraska basketball this season, um, they've come from some places we were expecting. Cam Mack was pretty highly rated. Um, you, you've got other guys that, that have contributed here and there. Deshaun Burke was a, a guy who sat out, and um, he's done pretty well. Thor, Thorir Thorbjörnarsson, uh, 48% three-point shooter, third in the Big Ten, uh, Chris, have you seen anybody do what Thor's done in just one off season? Did he just need playing time to do this? Like, where did Thor emerging as a star of this 2019-2020 Nebraska basketball squad come from? It kind of came from nowhere a little bit. Um, but when you watched how he played at the end of the year and, and you watch the way he carries himself, um, you can see the competitor in him. The guy's, the guy's tough mentally and physically um now he's in a system that i think kind of better fits his skills offensively and, and certainly you know working with fred hoiberg is going to help your jump shot uh-huh. but but thor's always been a guy when, when he's played back home in iceland um for his national team he's been a scorer he's been a guy that's been looked to to, to go put the ball in the bucket and you know he he didn't necessarily get that opportunity here because they needed him to do different things but yeah, once he got a chance uh, early in the year, um, we saw him earlier in the year getting getting to the bucket on back cuts and things like that, and you build some confidence doing that. Now all of a sudden you're open on the three-point line and you knock down a couple, and that confidence continues to build and continues to build. And now he's done it against some really good opponents. And what you've got is a guy that, that was already, uh, from, a, from a mental standpoint, a really smart basketball player, really tough basketball player, and now he's matched the physical up to it. And it, it's just been really neat to watch. You know, if he, if he was on the football team, they'd be building a statue of him right now, probably just because of the way he's kind of matured and developed over his career. So, yeah, it, it's been a really cool story watching Thor kind of kind of explode like he has. Baz, I know we had a whole bunch of breaking news out of the press conference yesterday from Hoiberg saying you have to protect home court. I mean, it's a lot more. It's a lot more difficult than that. How does Nebraska do that with this Indiana team that they went to overtime with? But that was a that was a long time ago. Nebraska's had what seems like a bunch of rotation changes. Easily on scholarship, Gervais Green now back to seeing court time. Well, he saw court time after that, and now and then he got court time taken away, and now he's yeah. back. It's been an entire saga. These teams feel very different than they did a month ago. Yeah, it's it's funny. You you just it's like we kind of talk about every week. You know, you just never know what you're going to get with this Nebraska team. We we saw them just look lousy in the first half against Northwestern, and then they almost win that game. And we see them kind of do the same thing against Ohio State for about 
25 to 30 minutes, and all of a sudden it's a 12 point game with a couple minutes left. You know, it's it's just the case of which Nebraska team shows up. Clearly, they've proven they can play with Indiana and give themselves a chance to beat Indiana. Um, they've got to be a little better defensively. Obviously, uh, you can't give up 96 points in, in overtime or not, and, and expect to win a lot of games, but. You know, they, they kind of have the blueprint. You've got to pack it in against Indiana. It's a team that really struggles to shoot the three-point ball. Um, I think they went 5 for 25 against Nebraska when they played. They went 2 for 19 against Rutgers the other night. You know, it's can they be a little better defensively? And can they be better defensively for 40 minutes? You know, uh, they fell behind Indiana 10-2 to 2 to start that game before they got back into it. Can, can you start better? It seems like we kind of sound like a broker. This is something else Fred Hoiberg said. I sound like a broken record, but... Can they get off to a better start? Can they play a little better defense? And, and can they make a few shots? Because the, the formula is there. And we saw what happened after that Indiana game. They came home and beat it. They came home and beat Purdue by 14 points a couple of days later. So Nebraska knows they can do it. Now you actually have to go out and do it. And, and being at home certainly, I think, will help with, with the way the Big Ten's gone this year uh, with home teams winning so many games. Chris Baznett from the Lincoln Journal Star joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour previewing. Nebraska-Indiana tonight at Pinnacle Bank Arena, 6 o'clock tip, 5 o'clock pregame right here on KLIN. Uh, Chris, Cam Mack has been everything that Nebraska fans could have hoped for in terms of running this offense. 3.6 to 1 assist-to-turnover ratio in Big Ten play. Uh, Only five power conference players have that type of ratio right now across all power conferences. What have you seen from Cam Mack that has led him to just be able to distribute the ball so freely, trust the guys that he's never played with before, um, and especially ratchet up his game in conference play at that. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. I think a lot of it is he just kind of understands the game at an innate level, and, and that's kind of maybe a, a cop-out to say, but he, just, he, he, he understands space, he understands movement, he understands the way guys can cut or should cut in different situations. And he's fearless on top of that. You know, a lot of it is stuff I don't think you can teach. Certainly, again, playing in a system like Fred Hoiberg, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to rack up assists. But you've got to have the right kind of guy to run that offense and to orchestrate everything. And you need a guy like Cam Mack who's kind of got that fearlessness in him, who's got that little bit of, uh, I guess, cockiness in him. You know, he's not afraid to to pull the bow and arrow right in front of the opponent's bench after a big (laughs) assist or a made three or, or whatever it may be. And, you got to have that, and some people don't like it, but, you know, if you don't have that, you don't have some of the plays that Cam Mack makes. Uh, his vision is is elite. Um, his speed is elite. And you combine those two things, with, with, again, with his confidence and with his ability to, to see the game and understand the game at such a high level, and, and you get what you've gotten so far this year. And another guy where it's going to be really interesting to kind of watch him grow uh not only through this season then the next season when he gets a few more weapons to to pass the ball to you know with the with the transfers becoming eligible and things like that so yeah it's 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 a lot of things i think obviously you can see the physical tools with the speed and with the vision but a lot of it is stuff that that you just can't teach with cam mack all right so that's a good nebraska basketball discussion um want to want to just get your thoughts real quick as well on the uh, the football moves yesterday, the Huskers announced that Troy Walters uh, is is gone from the team, and Matt Lubick is replacing him as OC and wide receivers coach. Um, I know you cover football as well. Uh, what do you make of of the the changes and kind of the way that all went down in the span of three hours on a Friday afternoon? 
Yeah, just uh, just your standard little Friday covering Nebraska football. <laughs> nothing nothing out of the ordinary or weird is is ever going to happen with that program. But yeah. no, I, I think a lot of it comes down to to four and eight and five and seven. Uh, Nebraska's records the last two years and four and eight and five and seven in a place where there's a a lot 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 of pressure to win football games. Um, not not only from the fan base, but but Scott pressure that Scott Frost puts on himself. We know how much he loves this program, and we know what kind of competitor he is, and. It's certainly, I think, the losses have kind of taken their toll. And it comes down to the fact that you got to have guys around you that you're that you're confident with. Not that he wasn't confident with Troy Walters. Obviously, he was. He was his coach, coach with him for four years. But, but at the same time, it, there comes a point after two years when you're 9-15 and 15 where it's probably, it might be time to try something different. And clearly, Scott Frost had a lot of success with, with Matt Lubick uh, at, at Oregon. They, they understand each other. If you're going to make this move, as my colleague Steve Sippel wrote yesterday, why wouldn't you bring in a guy that really understands Scott Frost's offense at a high level? And it's a guy that doesn't have to come in and learn what you're doing and learn about the culture and, and all those sorts of things. So it, it, it's an interesting move. Certainly it was interesting the way it all went down yesterday, like you said, in the span of a few hours in a, in a Friday afternoon. But it, it was a move that clearly Scott Frost felt he had to make to, to try and move this program forward. And he, he brings in a guy that he's had a lot of success with. So now we'll see if those, those things translate to the field because at the end of the day, it comes down to, to what these moves mean when the team plays on Saturday. Good stuff. Well, when we need uh, to, to put this program in, in the right direction, uh, we know who to go out and find. KLIN Husker Hour contributor Chris Baznett <laughs> from the Lincoln Journal-Star. Uh, Baz, thanks a lot for the time. We'll see you at PBA tonight. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the time. All right, that's Chris Baznett from the Lincoln Journal-Star as Indiana-Nebraska hookup on the floor of PBA where the plucky Indiana Hoosiers try to even the score with the Huskers since the Big Ten began. Did you know Nebraska actually has, Caleb, a winning record against Indiana Wow! since the inception of uh, the 14-team, well, the 12-team at the time. And now um, 14, yeah. Now 14, yeah. Six and five, Nebraska is. They won the first matchup famously. Well, let's extend. I, yeah, exactly. Let's. Let, I, I, Fred Hoiberg, just keep this thing going, right? There's no reason not to. And Iowa has gone on a run since Nebraska beat them. Yeah, they, they've been playing well. Yeah, they have. And and it, that that's a win that you can point to as, hey, this team is good. Nebraska has got some talent and some progress and some some you know the, some juice. But man, can they just put some consistency together? Maybe also take that Iowa. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's hope Mark Manning can do the same tonight. Exactly. That would be amazing. Number one, uh, Hawkeyes hosting number seven, Nebraska Wrestling. Um, That's going to be basically just following the Husker Hoops game against Indiana, so uh, keep it tuned to BTN all night, really. All right, uh, we'll be back to wrap this thing up just in a minute. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. The KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. All right, our thanks to Chris Basnett from the Lincoln Journal Star and Husker wrestling coach Mark Manning for joining us here on the program. If you missed any of it, uh, we will have it podcasted here on KLIN.com and all of our social media at KLIN Huskers. Uh, Caleb, we've not gotten to uh, some of the Husker football player defections. Uh, John Raridan on the offensive line and Pernell Jefferson at linebacker, a couple would-be seniors um, announced that they are done um, with football at Nebraska, um, opens up a couple of spots on the scholarship list for the Huskers. 
um, and and guys, frankly, that just couldn't find a way onto the field, mm-hmm. um, they're they're gone now. They just didn't see the field, and that's one of those things that you go. Um, and I believe one of them was a four star recruit coming out of high school. Yeah, Raritan was Raritan, yeah. really highly thought of um, uh, out of Iowa, yeah. And then sometimes you just you, you bring some guys in and it just doesn't happen. They, they Whether they don't develop or um, there's just something there that they don't end up seeing playing time on the field. Maybe some other recruits come in and just steal away some time um, that they may have had a chance to fight for. Uh, but, yep, they're going to go pursue just the rest of their senior year. Um, as, as non-athletes, and that's one of those things that that becomes a different experience for them. It's not all bad when you step away from a program. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll get some different experiences over this next year. There's a little bit more free time when, when you're not practicing all week. Yes, absolutely, and uh, yeah, good good luck to those guys. Um, you know they were they were practicing, they were working out, they were doing all the other things. They just didn't see the field, and so um, they're uh, they're going to be uh, leaving the Nebraska football program. Um, yeah, go ahead. do need to mention. Husker track and field at home had day one yesterday, got eight titles at the graduate classic yeah. um, going again today. I believe getting things underway at noon. Obviously we know men's basketball going tonight at six here on 1400 KLIN hosting Indiana wrestling tonight at eight at number one, Iowa on BTN women's basketball tomorrow um, at four against Michigan, trying to stay undefeated at home in the conference. Also haven't won on the road in conference, trying to stay undefeated at home there. Uh, men's basketball on Tuesday, back on the road at Wisconsin, and then women's basketball on Wednesday, staying at home against Purdue. A lot going on. and uh, Always staying busy. Yes, absolutely. A lot going on in the world of Husker athletics. And uh, maybe the most important matchup of the weekend, Sunday, 205. Chiefs, Titans. It is. Uh, you know what? We didn't, even, for we didn't even say to to LSU won. LSU won a national championship this week. Yeah, good for them. We, we didn't even talk about that at all. But yes, NFL yeah. conference championship LSU alum, weekend. Teron Matthew, the best defensive player on the Chiefs from 2019. Um, it's uh, it's going down, and the Chiefs are going to make their first Super Bowl in 50 years. So, too. so you're you're calling Chiefs win, not I'm just as a homer. Shot. I'm not just my as shot a homer right now. Look, my dad and I went to the game last year, and it was the coldest game I've ever been to in my life. Um, not going this year. Just gonna just gonna sit in my living room uh, and and be a little bit warmer. Uh, but yeah, I, I last year was the Patriots, and I was like. Ugh. I, I, I was I was I was okay, but I wasn't I wasn't confident. I'm confident today. You're, you're not afraid. I'm ready. Not afraid that Derrick Henry is going to control the ball for 40 minutes. Here's the thing: the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing to the Texans, and they came back. There's no way they're going to be down early to the Titans because they're not going to let it happen again. Yeah, but that was and just so a bad only... week for Clemson quarterbacks. Yeah, well, it was the only way. That Derrick Henry has a game like he's had against the Patriots and the Ravens is if the Titans get an early lead. And after the way the Chiefs got down early against Houston, they're not going to let that happen again. If the Chiefs get up early, it's a wrap. Chiefs, Packers, Super Bowl, Groundhog Day, let's go. Super Bowl one. That was the original Super Bowl matchup. Oh, Chiefs, wait, just like Groundhog Day. You're yeah. going back, it's doing it again. Yeah. I like it. I like the storyline. Bring on whoever from the NFC. I just want the Chiefs in the big game. Um, I am super excited, as you can tell. Husker basketball tonight, 6 o'clock, hosting Indiana right here, 1400 KLIN. That's right, 5 o'clock pregame. Yes, thanks again to Mark Manning and to Chris Bazin, and of course to you for listening. We always appreciate it. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. That's Caleb. I'm Cole. Go Big Red.